Okay, so Christmas, right? Christmas gifts. You know, I've got plenty of children, and every year I experience a lot of the same things. So many of the gifts we get and give are disposable, aren't they? Right? So many of the things we receive uh, or, or, we, or we give to others are things that aren't going to last very long. Or, or maybe we think, hey, they'll last a while, but they're not going to last forever, right? Uh, now, some of you really thrown off my whole plan this morning by saying children, so that's not going to apply. But everybody else who didn't, uh, that, this is going to apply a little bit more, right? We have disposable things. We get disposable items. My kids every year experience the same thing. It, we, we open presents, and, and, they, and then in the morning, they're excited about what might be under the tree. They're like, oh, I can't wait to open it up, right? And they rip it open, and they're like, oh, they're so pumped about what they got. And they're just overjoyed, and they play with it all day. And then about a few weeks a few months, but sometimes a few days later, uh, depending on how old the kid is, uh, it's not even played with anymore, right? It's just tossed somewhere else. And about, a, I don't know, June, we're like, well, we got to get rid of all these toys. There's way too much stuff around here. We got to just pack it up and move on. Because uh, inevitably Christmas is coming again. And we're just going to repeat this cycle over and over and over again, all right? And now I thought as I was thinking this week through that, I was saying, well, that's just a kid thing. But no, I don't think that's true either. I think most of us, even as adults, kind of experience the same thing. I had, a, I had a, an experience with this recently, really. Uh, my wife has been in desperate need of a new cell phone for years, all right? We're talking like five years at this point, right? Uh, really, really bad. It was just, just, just not good at all. And she's cheap, not cheap. She's, she's, she likes, she's frugal. She doesn't like to spend too much money. And so I appreciate that um, because that leaves more for me. No, I'm just joking, right? No, I appreciate that. But she just really was not going to get a new phone. She was just going to, well, I'll just ride this thing till it dies. And that's going to be how it goes. And I was like, well, I can't put up with this any longer. I'm tired of hearing the complaining. And so I said, well, I'm going to give you a gift for Christmas. And I gave it to her early. Um, and so I gave it to her early and it came in and I was like, oh, that's fun. Let me see your new phone because I'm a guy and I like electronics and I like to play with things because I'm 37 and still a kid, right? So I'm still playing with this phone and uh, I'm playing with this. Oh man, all these new features, all these different things. And it's so much fun. And uh, I, I lay her phone down and I pick my phone up and uh, pull it out, and uh, it's only a year old, right? I mean, my phone's pretty, pretty new, all things considered, and uh, has a lot of the same features as hers is, but as I was looking at mine, I was like, wow, hers is a little shinier, right? <laughs> and hers is a little, uh, has, can go a little faster than mine, a little brighter screen. It's like, man, I don't know, maybe I need a new phone, right? <laughs> and so, uh, no, I don't, she says, right? Because uh, she's the frugal one, right? So I, I think we all go through this, even as adults. It might not be phones, it might be whatever it is. It could be cars, it could be houses, it could be drills, it could be whatever. It doesn't really matter. Uh, whatever it is, I think we go through this period of like, well, we're always looking for that, uh, the next thing that's going to make us happy, right? Because that's what we get when we open gifts, isn't it? That's what we get when we get new things, right? We're programmed to, to have this feeling of joy and happiness when we get something, right? Especially when it's new to us, right? When it's shiny, when it's, when it's the fanciest, newest, best thing. Now, companies understand this, right? Marketers, advertisers understand this. That's why there's an iPhone, what, 12, <laughs> right? And there'll be an iPhone 20 at some point, probably the next two, three years, just as fast as they pump them out, because they know that no matter if we have uh, the best thing that we think we, we have, that the next best thing is going to drive us to want it, right? And we're going to get that rush when we open it up. We're going to get that feeling of like, oh, yes, that's what I've been waiting for, right? And we're going to get that, that joy, happy feeling when we rip into this next best thing. We all do it. We all do it. Now, some of us may 
listen to that and say, well, it's not me. You know, I've kind of learned over the years to, to be content, right? To, to be grateful for what you have. That's usually the counteraction to this. If you don't want to be in, in uh, you're just constantly in a cycle of, of happy and sad because you don't have the new thing, and then happy the new thing's here, then sad is gone. If you don't want to be in that constant cycle, some people say, well, just be grateful for what you have, right? That seems reasonable. Be grateful for what you have. And while there's some value in that, I want us to consider another possibility. That our problem isn't in our desire to be happy. Our problem is that we desire too little. C.S. Lewis once wrote, If we consider the rewards promised in the Gospels, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We're half-hearted creatures, he continues, fooling around with drink, with sex, with ambition, with all these things, when infinite joy is offered to us. Like an ignorant child, he says, who wants to go on making mud pies in the slum because he cannot imagine a vacation at the beach. We are far too easily pleased. Far too easily pleased. Now, some of you are saying, that can't be me. I'm hard to please. I need everything now. I need the best. i got to have all these things to be satisfied, to be having any kind of semblance of happiness or joy. I need the next best, better thing that's out there. But if Lewis were here, he would say, why are you wasting time and energy finding fleeting happiness and things that are disposable when you can have a greater gift? Why are we settling for too little? Why are we so easily pleased? Why are we making mud pies in the slum when we could be going to the beach? <laughs> right? One of the greatest ironies of life is that we're often afraid that we won't get what we ask for. Maybe as a kid you remember this, or maybe if you have kids you've experienced this, that my kids do it all the time. It's like, oh, there's this one gift. <laughs> there's this one gift on my list that I really, really want this year. Right? For me, it's a toothbrush. All right, it's a fancy toothbrush, so don't, don't think I'm, I'm poor. <laughs> I have a toothbrush. It's a fancy toothbrush. But for me, it's a toothbrush this year. But for kids, I don't know what it is. There's something on their list that they want. And if they don't get it, they're going to be eternally disappointed. It's going to be like, oh, that's that one thing I really wanted. I'm sure if, if my wife did not get the Barbie three-story house and whatever she else was going to get that year, that she was going to be eternally disappointed that, that that never came to fruition. There are people in life, I'm sure, that still walk around to this day that say, oh, I wanted a pony, but I never could get it, right? <laughs> Or whatever it is, it had to be a pony. That's a great irony. That we think, man, there's one thing I really want, but I'm not going to get it. Now, I say that's an irony. I say that's an irony because when it comes to the larger, more important things in life, we should be more afraid that we will get what we ask for. See, our small desires for disposable things leads to, to small things in our lives. It leads to lesser joy. Lesser joys like, like money, sex, long careers, politics. These things that ultimately satisfy just enough to give us that just a little bit of joy, just a little bit of happiness to numb us so we can't experience that better thing. 
We, we get these, these things that dull our senses, that take the edge off, and, and one by one they kind of feed our broken habits because they eventually lead us to just break down because they never satisfy. They eventually lead to death, and one by one we get them, and then we toss them aside for that next moment of joy. But ultimately, in our pursuit of lesser disposable things, we become less. We begin to consider our own lives as cheap, and disposable. And then one day we look back <laughs> wondering, where did it all go? What, all the stuff that I had, it's gone. All, all the things that I think I was going to make me happy, they're not around anymore. And then we look behind us and we see death lurking and they're like, well, what was it all about? What was it all about? We see ourselves as as cheap and disposable because of the cheap and disposable gifts we get, but God doesn't see us as disposable, right? God doesn't see us as disposable. He sees us as the things of greatest worth, greatest worth, and he mercifully doesn't give us what we ask for, not most of the time. Instead, he gave us something infinitely better. A joy that can never be quenched. A joy that can never uh, be taken away from us. See, he stepped out of heaven. This is Christmas, right? This is what Christmas is about. He stepped out of heaven to rescue us, to deliver us from the disposable life that we lead. To deliver us from the cycles of brokenness and death. To become that best gift we could ever receive. That very first Christmas... You've read the story, maybe you've heard it thousands of times, maybe you hear it every year, maybe it's the first time you've heard it, I don't know. But the very first Christmas, we see people who were living their lives day by day, experiencing fleeting joy, and they were about to get a great gift. And it was shepherds as they were hanging out in a field one night. See, they were working a night shift, living their life, minding their business, keeping their heads down, you know, working like many in our community do. There may have been singing over the sheep that night, as shepherds often do. They were probably enjoying the calmness. We talked about peace last week. They were probably like, oh, man, it's so peaceful out here. I'm so grateful that we have a moment of peace, and there's no wolves or lions or any crazy things trying to attack our sheep. They're just doing their life, right? They're living life as best they could, finding joy in their work probably. When suddenly they were ambushed by angels. <laughs> Luke chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. It's going to be up on the screen and then kind of down here, right, if you're watching online. And we're going to read this together. We're going to see how this changed their lives. Changed their lives. Luke 2, verse 9 and through 11 says this. It says, And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And verse 10 says this, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Right? Good news of great joy. For for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Good news of great joy, right? The gift of heaven had arrived. Jesus, our rescuer, our deliverer, the conquering king of kings who would grow up to die the death that we deserve, the death we have chosen for choosing lesser joys. He would take our place so that we could have life instead. And he would rise from the grave. We talked, if we get this world advanced, this to Easter in a few months, is he would rise from the grave to prove that he and he alone had the authority to give a fulfilled and eternal life as a free gift to all who would accept it. 
the best, the greatest gift, or the greatest joy. Good news of great, great joy. Now, maybe you've heard or used the expression, it is better to give than to what? Receive, right? Now, that's a paraphrase of a quote from Jesus. So I'm not going to contradict it, but I'm going to clarify it. (laughs) I'm going to clarify it a little bit. Because if you haven't received, you don't know how to give. All right? Think through think that one. You might already got it. But for those of you who didn't, you're slow like me. Think through that. If you haven't received, you don't know how to give. And when you've all you've been given is cheap, plastic, disposable gifts, that's all you'll ever give to anybody else. That's all you know. That's it. Right? So if you're thinking on your Christmas list, well, what could they possibly want? And you're thinking, oh, well, I'll give them the best thing I've ever got. I'm going to give them an iPhone 12. Right? I'm going to give them the best thing I've ever got. I'm going to give them this pair of shoes, hiking boots that are the best hiking boots I've ever had. They're going to love it just like I love it. Right? You'll give them what you've been given. And if the best of all you've been given is cheap, disposable plastic things, things are going to wind up in a dump, things that are going to wind up not meaning a hill of beans when you're saying, sitting at the end of your life looking back, then that's all you're going to give. That's all you're going to give. Now, my mama didn't raise a dummy. If there's something better than what I can get, I want it. All right? I do. I want it. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to hide it. I'm not going to be saying I'm not greedy. If there's something better, I want the best there is, whatever it is. I want the best, whatever, X and Y and Z, right? So if there's something better than the cheap disposable plastic things I've been getting, then I want it. And what Jesus offers is better than any single thing in this world. And then once I receive that, this is why it becomes better to give than receive. Once I receive his life, into my life, it can't get any better. It can't get any better. And I don't want to give anything to anyone else that is less than the best that I've received. So I say, why do I get up here and preach every week? Why do I take 25 hours a week and put together a message for 20 minutes? Why do I take time to be here when I could be off doing something else, making more money, probably having more fun, quote unquote, uh, that people ever could imagine? Why would I be here doing this? Because I have the best gift, right? I have the best thing I've ever received. And why would I spend my time giving something to somebody else that isn't the best? Why? I wouldn't. (laughs) I don't. I don't. We've got the best, best gift. When you latch on to that greatest gift, you begin to understand happiness on a whole new level, right? You begin to be happier than you ever were before. You begin to see how you are more blessed than you ever were before. You begin to see how you can be more satisfied than you ever were before. You begin to see what true joy is in giving as Jesus gave to you. Joy in giving away your life for others? Yes. Joy in dying for yourself to others? Yes. Joy in willfully sacrificing in your life so that someone else can get? Yes. That's joy. That's happiness on a level that you can never, ever lose. Ever. 
When you truly experience that, you won't be able to keep it in, right? It's not going to be possible for you to walk around and say, oh, I got this gift. I just keep it at the house. It's just chilling back there. I don't really keep keep it in the garage. You know, I just kind of wash it off every now and then. No, you won't be able to keep it there. You can't. It's impossible. You see, after the shepherds went to town, they found Jesus, just like the angels had announced to them. And they said, whoa, mine was blown. They said, wait, 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 wait. The person we've been waiting for for thousands of years has finally arrived. The promised king, the conquering one, the one who's going to restore our relationship with the God above who loves us and cares for us enough to die for us. He is here. It doesn't get better than that. It doesn't get better than that. God in flesh, the promised king, sleeping in a manger. They said, oh, no, no, we got to do something about this. We have to tell somebody. The shepherds, it says in Luke chapter 2, verse 20, it's probably going to be up here. Luke chapter 2, verse 20 says, as the shepherds returned, they glorified and praised God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. They were overjoyed. They were overjoyed. And joy is complete in praise. C.S. Lewis, I'm quoting a lot today because he's so awesome. He wrote this, All enjoyment spontaneously overflows in praise. And doesn't it? The world rings with it, is what he says. Lovers praising their mistresses, right? Readers praising their favorite writers. Hikers praising the countryside. What a beautiful day it is. Players praising the game, praises for wine, for food, for entertainment. And what happens when we're doing that? We encourage others to join in, right? Say, wow, look at her. Isn't she lovely? And she's mine, right? Eating a good meal and saying, wasn't that delicious? Oh my goodness, you've got to taste what I just ate because it was fantastic. Praise completes our joy. Praise completes the thing and the things we enjoy. And if God is supremely enjoyable, if you are enjoying his beauty, his mercy, his grace, his excellence, his worth, his power, his wisdom, then praise will overflow naturally and it will bring your joy to completion just as it did the shepherds that very first Christmas. You see, we sing every single week. We're going to sing a great song today. We sing every single week here on Sundays. We're going to carol next Sunday afternoon or night. And we're going to sing not because we have to, not because I said, hey, why don't you come and sing with me? Not because it's something we put on the checklist to do every single week. Not because something tells us to do it, but because we are overflowing with joy. Or should be, right? That's why I sing. I'm not good at it, right? I'm not going to come up here and sing a solo. You don't want me to do it, and I don't want to do it. I said, you kind of want to say, no, John, you're not going to see it. All right? <clears throat> I'm not going to do it, but I will sing. I will sing, not because I want to, <laughs> but because I can't help it. Yesterday, I was watching football, and it was the best day ever. All right? For me. For me. All right? Now, again, not going too far down this rabbit hole, but I'm a Florida State fan, all right? love college sports in general. And college sports, as, as some of you may know for other sports, have rivalries, right? You may know if you're a Patriots fan, who the Patriots hate. I don't even know. Giants? 
Buffalo, all right? All right, hey, Buffalo, whatever. All right, so, you know, if Buffalo loses, that's a good day to me, right? If you're a Patriots fan, all right, to me as a Florida State fan, if Florida loses, my day is complete. I don't care what Florida State does. If Florida loses, I'm good, right? And so yesterday, Florida State beat Florida in basketball. Florida lost at football, and we won our football game too. My joy was complete. And every single time a touchdown was scored or a basket was done, I was like, woo-hoo, right? I was partying. LSU beat Florida last time, woo-hoo, right? My joy is complete, and I was expressing it through praise. I couldn't help it. I couldn't help but do it. I was happy. I sing Sunday mornings, and beyond that, I sing every day. I was singing whatever Christmas songs, tons of Christmas songs this week, because I was thinking through Heart the Herald Angels Sing, right? And I was singing that, head into my head all week, and I was thinking, man, thank you, God, for Christmas, right? Thank you for the greatest gift. Thank you for the joy that I have in you, the best gift ever. I can't help but sing about it. I can't help but do it. Praise completes our joy in Jesus, but you know what else happens? It's the last thing. We're going to wrap it up. That when you get that joy from that greatest gift, from realizing and accepting and following the God that died for you, if you get that joy in your heart, loving others just overflows from that, right? Praise overflows first, it completes it, and then loving others becomes second nature. What do the shepherds do? Luke 2.17, we kind of step back a, a couple of verses. Luke 2.17 says, when they saw it, when they saw Jesus lying in the manger, right? They made known the saying they had been told to them concerning this child, right? They couldn't keep it in either. They said, wait a minute, hold on. We just had angels sing to us, which is something we've never had happen before. And they said, hey, come and find this baby. And we're like, we're not going to find this kid. But we're going to go look anyway. And we found him. And now we got to tell somebody about it because that means everything that God has promised has come true, he is faithful, he is loving, he has rescued us in Christ, and now i got to tell somebody about it, right? It's not just about singing, praise overflows and completes our joy, but loving others being enough, hey, wait a minute, something just happened, something radical just shifted the entire world. I've got to tell somebody about it today. That's praise and loving others. That's saying, man, I love you so much, I'm not going to give you something cheap this Christmas. I'm going to give you Jesus. And your joy is never going to fade. You can't love people. I'm gonna, you can take this one to the bank. You can't love people. Cannot love people. Effectively. You cannot love people until you pursue your joy in Jesus. You could love him for a little bit. You can love yourself a lot. And if you find happiness in loving other people, then you're going to really fulfill your own desire, right? That's, that's not loving them. That's loving yourself, ultimately. You're not going to fully love others until you pursue your joy in Jesus. Loving people, giving away the best gift to them, that's the overflow of our joy. John Piper is quoted as saying, joy in God is peculiar. <laughs> it's almost like a pressure. It's almost like a pressure. It wants to get out and it wants to suck others in. And it gets bigger if I include you in it so that your joy in God becomes my joy in God. It's crazy, weird. But this is how it works. This is how it works. I don't know about you. I want to be happier this Christmas. You want to be happier this Christmas? I want to be happier this Christmas. COVID is hit and it's just it's, it's drained me to no end. But I want to have a happy Christmas, right? I don't have a merry Christmas. I want a happy, joyous Christmas. And so I pray that for your life this week as well. And I won't find the happiest Christmas underneath my tree this year. I won't even find my happiest Christmas on the look on my child's faces, on the many children I have's faces, as they open their gifts this Christmas. I won't find it there. Where I will find it, where I do find it, is when I'm talking with, listening to, pursuing God 
with those who are trying just to comprehend and to live in the joy of God. I find it when we're sitting around talking about how good and loving and faithful he has been. I find it when we're out working at someone's house in the community that needs help. I find it when we're delivering meals or gifts to those in need together. I find it when we're singing carols on the front lawn together because it's Christmas and we have the best gift and we could, that we could ever receive and one that can never be taken away from us. That's where I'll find the happiest Christmas I could ever get. Ever get. I want a happier Christmas this year. And I want you to have it too. And it starts by finding our joy in Jesus, by accepting and following him. It's the best gift. The only one I want to give this year. Because I don't want to give anyone less than the best. So if you're here this morning, if you're watching online or in-house, and you're seeking that, maybe you're thinking, man, I've got all the best toys. And every time a new one comes out, I go and get it too. <laughs> but ultimately, I still sit around wondering at night, what's the meaning of it all? Why am I here? What in the world am I doing? Am I really living like I'm supposed to? Am I really fulfilling the purpose that I'm put on this earth to do? And if you question that, you feel like, I don't really know the answer to that. I can tell you the one who does know, and that's Jesus. He's calling you to go deeper. He's calling you not to settle for less disposable, cheap things, but to seek the greater joy, the gift that is beyond compare. I want that joy for your life. I want it so bad for you. And I want you to give it away. So if you're here this morning and you want that, it starts by accepting and following Jesus. And we're going to give you a chance to do that in just a minute. For believers, first, we should be on day 56 of 90, reading Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. I encourage you to do that, taking off the old, putting on the new. That's the key to reminding ourselves of that gift. That's the one thing I wanted to remind you to continue to press in, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. But also, I want to take the day to reclaim our joy in Jesus. We're going to sing together in just a minute. I want to, you to be reminded of that gift because sometimes we do put it in the house. Sometimes we do stick it in the garage. Sometimes we do keep it in the back of our minds and say, well, I'm going to go to heaven one day, and that's all we do with it. When Jesus is saying, there's more to that than this. There's more to this than that, whatever you want to phrase it. There's just more. There's more to that. Don't just keep it. Give it away. Have your joy fulfilled. It's easy to look around and be consumed and be enamored with things that seem better. So let's remember that great gift of eternal love and life that we have and look for ways to give it to somebody this week. That's our charge. So let's pray. For those of you online or in-house, as we get ready to close, everybody here is going to bow their heads, close your eyes, just so nobody's looking around. For those of you online, uh, you don't have to worry about that. So here's what I'll ask you to do. If you're ready to receive that gift, you feel like, man, I need that kind of joy in my life. I need the kind of joy that, that, that'll, that'll want me to sing, that'll, that'll just almost make me sing, that'll, that'll just drive me to give someone this best gift. If that, that's you, you're ready to receive that. It first starts by admitting that we've all sinned, the Bible says. We've all messed up in major ways. We've all lied, stolen, cheated, done all those things, even if we don't want to admit it sometimes. But deep down, we know we have. And by saying, you know what, Lord? That was me pursuing lesser things. And I'm tired of lesser things. I want you. I want you and all of you. And nothing else will do. 
So if that's you and you're ready to receive that gift, you simply call out to Jesus because he's listening. All right? He didn't come to earth just for fun. He came to earth to save you and me. And he says, if you want that relationship, and that's what it is, then you start by praying. You start by saying this, Jesus, I'm sorry for all that I have done that is not pursuing you. I'm sorry that I have failed to choose the best thing, but right now I want to do that. Right now I'm tired of settling, and I want to lean in. I want to, to, to learn to love you better than I love myself. Lord, help me to follow you with all that I have and give it away this Christmas to have overflowing joy in you. Now, if that's you this morning and you pray that prayer in-house, I want you to lift your hand up. I'm not going to call you out. I'm going to put you on the spot. I just need to see it so I can follow up with you. If you're online, I want you to like or love a comment that we're going to post. So I want to make sure you know that so we can follow up with you and say you made the best decision you just ever made and how that joy gets richer and more full as you learn to love him and learn to love others. Amen. 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 All right. Believers and everyone else here to close out this this message this morning. Dear Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, I can't thank you enough <laughs> for the gift that you've given us, Lord. Lord, I don't, I don't want to praise lesser things. I don't want to look at, uh, Lord, the, the cheap disposable things in our lives and say, well, that's good and I'm happy for right now. Lord, I thank you that, God, you have given us this best gift. God, I thank you for Christmas, for what Christmas is. Lord, that it's not just a day on a calendar, but it is your birth. God, it is the, the, the beginning of the consummation of the rescue of the world. And God, the rescue of me. God, I pray, Lord, that I can't keep it in this week, that I can't keep it in today, that we sing so loud that the neighbors hear and wake up if they're sleeping in. God, that we sing so loud, Father, on, on that next Sunday afternoon, God, that the neighborhood hears us praising the God that give us the best gift. God, I pray that I continue, and we all continue to, to lead out this week, and Lord, know that we have the best thing we could ever receive. God, I want to give our best to others. Lord, don't let us settle. Don't let us see others settle. God, let us pursue the best, God, that is you, and let us give you away as you give yourself away for us. Let us have joy in you this Christmas. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, everybody. Online, we are done. All right. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We so, so, so appreciate you joining us on YouTube, Facebook, wherever you're joining us. We appreciate that. Uh, there'll be TikTok edits later this week. There'll be Instagram posts. Look for all the things we put on social media because we want to see you see that joy, right? And engage in that. So we can't wait to see you, uh, hopefully between the next Sunday, but especially next Sunday at 10 a.m. All right. Peace.